Well, this morning I want to talk to you on serving like Jesus. Serving like Jesus. Matthew chapter 20, beginning with verse 25 through 28. You can follow along. I believe it should be on you version or outline this morning. Matthew 20, 25 through 28, through 28 reads like this. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. But not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, God not only created us for service, but he gave us a model. He came to earth himself and he said, this is how you do it. He told us, I want you to watch me. And so he came to earth in the form of a man, Jesus Christ. And he said, this is what I want you to do with your life. We were created to be like Christ. And what did Christ do while he was here on earth? He served. He served. Look at verse 28 again. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to do what? But to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So we were created to serve. Serving like Jesus means being available. The greatest thrill in life is to be used by God. To be used in serving him. And what does it take to be used by God? And to learn to serve like Jesus? Serving like Jesus means being available. One day Jesus was walking down to go to Jericho. The Bible says that some some blind men start yelling at him. And the Bible says this in Matthew 20, verses 30 through 32. Two blind men shouted, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? Now, notice the word stopped. The Bible says that Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. If you want to be used by God, if you want to serve God, you have to be willing to be interrupted. I want you to write that down. You must be willing to be interrupted. If you want to serve God, You must be willing to be interrupted. See, most of Jesus' ministry and most of Jesus' miracles were actually interruptions. Think about it. Think about Jesus' miracles. All the people that Jesus healed, the blind man, the lame man, the sick people, the paralyzed man, the dead child, all of them were interruptions to his day. His first miracle, remember his first miracle? He was at a wedding, interrupted at a wedding. Hey, by the way, Jesus. His second miracle, 
interrupted on the way to Galilee. Bible says Jesus stopped. He stopped. He was interrupted on his on his journey during his day. He was interrupted, and the Bible says that Jesus stopped. You know, there's a lot of people who like to follow the steps of Jesus, but they don't want to be interrupted. They don't want to be interrupted. Almost every miracle Jesus did, he did it because he allowed himself to be interrupted. Almost all the ministry he did, he did it because he allowed himself to be interrupted. See, you and I, we must be available. We must be willing to be interrupted. You must be willing to step out and say, okay, God, I'm out of my comfort zone. What do you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do? See, our, there's probably certain things that you can't see yourself doing, right? There's probably certain things that you look at your life thinking, I could never do that. I could never do that. And I've shared this many times with you. Years ago, I said these words to God. I will never stand behind a pulpit and preach. Ha. Huh. Jesus has a sense of humor. I thought, I'll be a good church member. I'll volunteer. I'll do, you know, whatever, you know, I'm asked to do. But I will never stand behind a pulpit and preach. Be careful what you say. God has a sense of humor. He does. He does. So today, you, you may be saying, God, I, I'm... I'm out of my comfort zone. But you're asking, God, what do, you, what do you want me to do? See, there are hurting people all around us. And the wounded can't wait. We've got to help them now. They cannot wait any longer. Now, what keeps us from being available? You know, you see a lot of people say, God, I, I want to be used by God. I want his power in my life. I want to serve God, but I'm just not available. What is it that keeps us from being prepared? What is it that keeps us from taking that stand of saying, God, I'm here. I want to do something for you, God. What is it that you want me to do? Let me give you some common barriers to not being available. I would say one of them is self Centeredness. We're, 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 we're centered on ourselves. Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4 says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Man, if you stop there, even that's hard, is it not? Then verse 4, he says, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. This is Jesus' words. Whenever you see a need in front of you, guess what? God has given you the opportunity to practice serving. Let me say it again. Anytime you have a need right in front of your face, and it's very obvious that someone, someone needs help, God has given you the opportunity to learn to serve, to learn to be like Jesus. You don't need to pray, God, 
You know, there's a need, but God, I need to pray. Is this really what you want me to do? No, I'm telling you right now, if there's a need and it's obvious and you can meet that need, do it. You don't, need, you don't even need to, you know, pray about it. Don't spiritualize it. If there's a need in front of you and you can meet that need, just do it. You know, this past week, I was, I gone to the grocery store in the morning getting ready to go to work, and I was going home. I was at the corner there where IHOP is, heading home. And there was a gentleman, you know, there at the, at the light asking for help, and he was sitting down, and it was cold that day. It was one of those mornings. It was cold. Short sleeve, sitting down. I think, oh, my gosh. And, again, people can argue, well, those people could get a job somewhere else. I mean, that's not my point this morning. But as I was at the line, I'm thinking, I mean, he is, I mean, it was frigid that morning. I'm thinking, man, I need to try to do something. As I'm thinking at the light, there was a car coming the opposite way that approached the light. And there was a lady, and I saw her, and she, she stopped, and she rolled down her window, and she calls him over and brings him some, a bag of food, you know. And he takes and he immediately goes underneath the, uh, the overpass to eat. I think, oh, I thought to myself, thank goodness that someone, you know, is doing something because it was so cold out there. You know, sometimes we see needs and we want to spiritualize it. God, is this what you want me to do? God, please speak to me. No, God's already speaking to you. If there's a need, we need to take care of it. You see, the number one enemy of compassion is busyness. We just get too busy. And because I'm so busy, I don't have time to serve. I've got my agenda. I've got my plans. I've got my dreams. I've got my goals. I have my ambitions. Because I'm too busy. You know what the problem is? We hang a do not disturb sign on the door of our hearts. And we tell God, God, I love you. I serve you. I want to serve you. I thank you for everything you've done for me. But we put a huge do not disturb sign on our hearts. We do it all the time. We say, God, do not disturb. Don't disturb my heart. I've got my goals. I've got my safe little life going on here. I love my life. So don't disturb me for the needs of other people. Because we're self-centered. We don't want to be interrupted. Now, I would say that a second barrier to being used by God is perfectionism. Perfectionism. Ecclesiastes 11 and 4 says this. 11 and 4, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. See, you know, wanting everything to be perfect, you know, when it's all just right, then when things settle down, then I'll serve. Would anybody like to give a testimony on Ecclesiastes 11 4 this morning? When everything is just right, just perfect, I'll serve others. I'll serve God by serving others. You see, real servants, Christ-like servants, do the best they can with what they have for Jesus Christ today. They don't wait. They don't wait for that perfect moment. You see, what happens, what's happening in our country is that we have made an idol out of excellence. Now, let me just say this. We believe in excellence 
We believe in excellence. We believe, like, that's why we have our worship team that rehearses, because God deserves excellence in what we do. He does. But we've made an idol out of excellence. We really have. And many people worship excellence, even Christians. And they say, well, you know, if you can't do it first class, then don't even try. If, if I can't serve others in a perfect way, then I'm not even going to try. You know, if God only used perfect people, you know, what would get, you know what would get done in the world? Zero. Nothing. Zip. If God only used perfect people... What would, what would get done in the world? Nothing. Because we're all a bunch of misfits, are we not? We are. We're imperfect people. We are imperfect people. We all have faults. We all have failures. We all have handicaps. But guess what? God uses us all. God can use you. Why? Because God doesn't use perfect people because there aren't any. There aren't enough superstars in this world to get it done. There really isn't. God uses normal people like you and me. God says this morning, listen, don't wait for perfect conditions. You know, when things settle down, when things change in my life, well, guess what? They're probably not going to settle down. When my kids leave the house and we have more money, then I'll serve. When this happens, when I get the perfect job, when I, when I do this, when I get that, then I'll serve God by serving others. Don't wait for perfect conditions because there's just not perfect conditions. Go ahead and start serving while things are not settled down. So don't wait. God uses imperfect people to accomplish his will, to accomplish his passion for people to serve others. So don't allow being perfect as a barrier to serving others. Then I would say this. Another obstacle is materialism. Materialism. Luke 16, 13 says this. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. Or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So I would say that materialism is a third barrier that keeps us from being available to serve. Now notice the word that he, that he uses in this scripture. Notice the word cannot. Cannot. He didn't say you should not serve both God and money. He didn't say that. He said you cannot serve both God and money. You've got to decide whether you want to be rich or, or you want to be blessed. Really? I'm telling you right now. You have to say, what's my number one priority in my life? You cannot serve both God and money. It's an impossibility, he says. You see, you get so busy taking care of things that you don't have time to take care of, of people. And that's a problem. That's a problem. 
the most important decision you're going to have to make in life once you become a believer is, am I going to be a, kim, a kingdom builder or am, I, am, or am I going to be a wealth, a wealth builder? Now, if God wants to give you wealth, that's great. Listen, I'm not preaching against that this morning. I think you, you should strive to do well in life. Okay? I think you should strive to do well in life. Get an education. Get, you know, strive. Have ambition. I think that is great for anyone. I think that's great for believers. Have ambition. Have goals. Strive. Work hard. But working just for wealth is not the number one goal of our life. Because the wealth that, that wealth, whatever you accumulate, you're not taking it with you to heaven, are you? But you're taking your character with you. Your character, after you're dead, after you're gone, people will say, man, and people will say things about you. And, and, I, and I hope one of the things they say about me is, you know, Benji, he wasn't the brightest guy. <laughs> he wasn't the smartest guy. But I hope that they can say, you know, but he had, he was an encourager. He was an encourager. So you can say today, I'm going to be a kingdom builder. You put that first and let God take care of whatever he wants you to do. But we need to make that kind of a commitment. God, I want to be used by you. And I'm not going to wait for the perfect time in my life to say yes to you. Now listen, this is what it comes down to. You can do two things with your life. You can waste it. Or you can invest it. You can waste your life. Or you can invest your life. The best use of life is to invest it in that which is going to outlast it. It's going to pay dividends over the long haul. You invest your life in something, in someone that's going to outlast you. It's going to outlast you. That when you're gone, it's still paying dividends in the life of of others. You've made a wise investment when you choose that route. See, because one day we're all going to stand before God. We're all going to stand before God. And this is what he's going to say to us. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? The talents the abilities, the background, the experiences, the freedom, the education, the family experiences. See, at that point, we won't, we won't be able to say, God, but, you know, I, I don't have any skills. I don't have talents, guys. No, 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 no. I gave you, I blessed you with certain abilities, with certain experiences, I blessed you. And his question to us will simply be, what did you do with what I gave you? 
People will say, well, God, I, I, got, I was a little busy with my ambition, with my plans. Uh, I, you know, I really not, not, I didn't get around to serving you. And God's going to say, wrong answer. What were you thinking? God might say, do you think I put you on earth to live for yourself? God would say, I put you here to serve me by serving others. Now, you may think nobody's watching you. We may think no one's noticing what we do. But let me let you in a little secret, or perhaps not, not such a secret. God is watching. God is watching. You know, on earth, they give awards to 10 years of faithful service at a job. I've got 20 years, approaching 21 years. I don't think I got anything for 20 years, Mac. Would you look into that for me, please? <laughs> I think I got something for 15 years and a plaque or something because, you know, employers, companies reward longevity, commitment. Most do. In heaven, in heaven, you're going to get eternal rewards. More than a plaque, more than whatever, you know, they can give you here. In heaven, we're going to get eternal rewards. Matthew 25, 21 says this. Well done, the words of Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You know, more than anything else, more than anything else, I want God to be able to say that about you today. That he would say, good job. Well done. Welcome. Welcome. I think about, you know, as a church, the, our our. Our church family that we lost last year, James Tatum, Sister Emma, and Jesus said, well done. You did good. You did good. And we can say, but I'm not, I'm not perfect. No, God say, no, because you served, you served me by, by serving others. And you left a legacy for your family, for your church family, for your friends, for your neighbors, people who knew you casually. They think about you. They think, oh, man, that person, that person was special. God would say, you did what I put you on earth to do. You worship me. You fellowship with other believers. You grew in character to be like Christ. And God says, and you served me. The way, I, the way I shaped you, the way I made you uniquely. Well done. Good job. God will say, come on in and enjoy eternity and all the rewards I've planned for you. When, I was, when my kids were young, Micah was playing t-ball. 
He couldn't find any other parent on the face of the earth to coach that team. So, <laughs> Mr. Hernandez, do you want to coach T-ball? Uh, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I learned is that kids needed that affirmation. Hey, good job from the coach, from their parents. They wanted to make sure their parents were watching them on the field. T-ball, and that was funny. That, that, was, that was fun. <laughs> My, the first game, I remember the season, I'm out there, and it, it took two or three parents to get the kids. You know, these T-ballers, what, at five? The game starts, and I'm, you know, trying to get the kids and where they should be, and I hear a parent, hey, coach. Coach, out there, there's two of our kids wrestling out in the outfield. Hey, you can go over there. You know. Break them up. Come on, it's a game. But one of the things that I, that I recognize soon enough was really these kids, they just want, one of the things they want is affirmation. Hey, good job. You did good out there. They want mom and dad or grandpa, grandma to watch them and tell them, hey, good job. You did, you did good. You're, you're, you're trying. That's, that's what these kids, you know, I, I learned. And you, can, you couldn't say it often enough, right, to every kid. Hey, you did good, you know. I know you didn't play a lot today, but, man, the, when you're out there, you did, you did good. Think about God telling us that. Hey, you did good. I put you on earth for uh, these purposes, and you obeyed me. God saying, you done good, son. Done good, daughter. So I just encourage you today, don't allow these barriers to keep us from being available to God and not being interrupted. That was Jesus' ministry, always interrupted. And you know what? Your day may be interrupted. You may be at home. You may be... You know, in, in a time, and you're comfortable, and there's a need, and you're interrupted. You've got to leave the comfort, your comfort zone, and step out of your comfort zone and, and do something for God that you never thought you would do. You're sitting here today. You're sitting here today, and you're looking at me, and you're thinking in your mind, God, I could never, I could never do and God may be putting something in your, in your heart, in your mind today, and you're thinking, God, I could never do that. And, and, you think, and you're coming up with reasons of why you can't do it, and God is saying, no, no, I, I, I need you. I need you. I need you. So today I want to pray for you, and I'm going to give us all an opportunity to come up here. And listen, we're not going to take it long, but I just I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Because I believe God is calling you. He is calling us to serve others. And they, that, that may look different for everybody. But if the need is there, if there is a need and you can meet that need, don't spiritualize it and say, God, I'm praying to see if God, this is God's will. I'm telling you right now that it is God's will. It is God's will that you serve others. That is God's will. I'm going to ask Michael to come to the piano. We're going to pray this morning. And we're going to sing together. And I'm going to give an opportunity to respond to God today. This is God, God's heart today. And this is the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you today.
serve me by loving others, by serving others. Father, we thank you today, my God. We thank you for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, because you're calling us today to serve others. Father, you're calling us as imperfect as we are. We're imperfect, God. We're misfits. I'm imperfect. I'm imperfect. God, that you're calling us today. And you're asking us, what are you doing with how I've blessed you? What are you doing? How are you, how are you serving me? Are you serving others? Are you loving others? Are you taking action? Father, today I pray you would forgive us, my God, if we've been too busy with our lives. If we've refused to be interrupted. Father, if we've put the needs of others and we've put our needs above others, forgive us, my God. Father, help us, my God, to love you. Help us, my Father, that when you call us, that we can say, yes, God, I I wasn't perfect, but I did what you've empowered me to do. That we can say, God, I, I did the best I could. And we can hear your words to us saying, good job. Good job. Good job. Today, God, we want to answer the call today that we all have. Help us to say yes to you, my God. Serve others. To serve others, my God. When we serve others, our lives will be complete. Our lives will be complete. Just stand with us today. Give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you sing it again. Come on, church. I give myself away I give myself away So you can use me I give myself away I give myself away So you Life is in your hands, Lord. 
desires revealed in me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. 